right. Hey, everyone. This is Kelvin. I'm talking with Michael Freiberger uh, out of the Seattle area. And Michael's got a lot going on with uh, different bands and a, a record label and um, running a, a venue in the Seattle area. Uh, thanks for talking with me, Michael. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, big fan of the show and it's a privilege to be here talking with you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm really glad we can, you know, just kind of talk about, you know, all the stuff we've been involved in out there in the Pacific Northwest. Um, but yeah, just a little bit about yourself, kind of like, you know, where you're from and kind of where you grew up and how you end up in Seattle. Uh, well, I am originally from Fairbanks, Alaska, uh, the interior part of Alaska, the, the cold part, uh, and far away from the water. Uh, it was an experience. So to give you an idea, so Fairbanks is landlocked. So it's, uh, there's nothing in every direction. You know, the nearest city is about 500 miles away. You know, this gets ungodly cold, like it gets as cold as like, I think of 64 below zero is probably as cold as I felt in the winter there. And it's just pitch black and it's just all sorts of, uh, brutal you know it's just it's a really really tough place to grow up you know there's a reason why you know in a, a state that's three times the size of texas we have less than one million people living there you know it, it takes a certain kind of person to be able to to, to live in fairbanks but uh, i'm also like really blessed and feel privileged that i was able to grow up there and you know i was able to grow up with my native family and uh you know, my grandma, she, she was a very, very well-known native. She and her husband, even though he passed away before I died, they were both famous dog mushers. So the, the, she won the first two or three North American races and Andrew won a bunch of them as well. And then, you know, they have Cochrane Memorial. Cochrane was my, my uh, grandma's last name. They, they have a Cochrane Memorial dog, dog sledding races and you know, she was, she was just such a badass. Like I think about her every single day, my grandma, she was such an amazing person, her sense of community, her sense of loving, her sense of trying to just get everyone to, you know, get along, you know, she, you know, Alaska was purchased in like the fifties, you know what I mean? Like she was put into residential schools and she would be beaten if she spoke her native language and all these things. And yet she came out of that without a, a hurt heart. She still wanted to like, teach everyone native ways teach you know she would go to schools and she would teach all the kids the the native games and all the things from the past and you know everyone commonly knew her as grandma effie you know like that's just what she went by and like you know it's again like community in her sense of like keeping the you know just native traditions alive and everything through everything that alaska's you know there isn't one tribe of native people that have it easy you know what i mean yeah. we've, we've all had it pretty rough and so it's just i don't know to see her go through that and keep her spirits high and everything was just in a really amazing thing to grow up with and you know i'm really blessed to uh have had that you know i, I don't think i would be the person i am today w w without her helping awesome with bringing and uh you know that leads into the the brutality of metal now with what comes with <laughs> growing up in a frozen place that no one's around that's pitch black is like from a young age i connected 
to heavy metal. Like, I mean, most, most people, you know, usually figure it out when you're pretty young, you know, you hear Sepultura or Metallica or whatever band you first hear, you know, and, and then it's just like game over, you know, it's like, uh, okay, I need, I need to listen to something else. I need to find more. Then I need to, I got this hair. I just want to shake it around and headbang, you know, sorry. I got Oh, no, it's, it's okay. I was just asking about how you grew up out in I'll, Alaska I'll and back there, uh, the Athabascan area. Grandma talking about metal. Yeah, so uh, Athabascan people, because we were upriver. Now, Fairbanks is off a river, and so is Tanana, like where our, our native village was. Uh, now, we were all fishermen. Uh, a lot of times, the salmon, they, they're a little bit more beat up. So the type of food that we grew up on was definitely more uh, we'd we you know we'd can and jar up <clears throat> salmon and we'd smoke strips there's always a little bit more of what you could keep over the winter i was really happy to learn how to do it with my grandma again when she passed away i was kind of destroyed and over alaska just wanted to get out of there uh but yeah uh growing up in alaska is rough man. And again, the fact that there's no one in every direction, you know, growing up on the res, I know you know what that's like to just be, have only you and the people around, you know, it always causes a lot of problems. It causes a lot of like issues, but uh, also through that, it creates a lot of amazing artists, man. Like some of the most amazing, cool people that I've ever met, like, and I'm still friends with everyone who was able to leave. Because it's really hard to make something of yourself in a place where no one can get to. So like those who make music, you know, there's amazing creative people who are all from there. But, uh, you know, it's like unless you're able to like get out of there, you just kind of stay stuck. Which, again, I'm sure you can relate to being like on the res. It's really it's really hard to to do a lot. You know, it's a little bit easier, I guess, now with the Internet and everyone's vastness openness. But it's still it's like. Unless you're able to get involved with the things, it could be a yeah. little bit rough. A lot of time, which is why I moved. Gonna... Yeah, exactly. Which is why I moved to the city. You know, I, I I worked at a Denny's. I really hard. You know, I worked a lot of graveyards. The twenty, you know, the, the the late night shift at a Denny's in Alaska was always interesting. I guess the late night shift at any Denny's is probably interesting. You know, ask any line cook there, and I'm sure they have a hundred stories to tell. Yeah. And what, what did you move to the Seattle area? Let's see. It was about uh, 2004. So it was about 18 years ago. You know, I was around 18. So it was half about half my life ago. I, I moved here to uh, Seattle. And, you know, it's like, even though it's 2,800 miles away or whatever, it's like the closest big city to come to. So that's like kind of where like most people come to. So I, I, I was able to have like a few friends here and, uh, made it a little bit easier to transition. Like again, moving from a small town to a city can be a bit intimidating, uh, especially a city like Seattle, man. It's a, it's a small city, but holy fuck, has it always been so rich in creativity, talent, like everything. Like, you know, when you first come here and you, you know, you see the local bands and you're like, these are the fucking local bands. Like these guys are like every band is just like on real good. You know, it was, it was a bit intimidating to come here from that, even though I'd been playing music for, for quite a long time. You know, I started around 1997 playing shows and such. And, you know, it's like when we were kids, we just, we had the tribal hall, we had the dog monsters hall, like the Eagles and Elks lodges. 
that's pretty much it. And we would just like make our own scene. You know, it'd be like Christian punk bands playing with like our stupid metal bands and like, you know, hippie jam bands, like, you know, like bluegrass and stuff like that. It's huge back home, you know, just like the, 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 like the, there's a certain type of people in Alaska and they just love it there. You know, they're like, I don't want to ever want to have the internet or like, you know, city life, that ain't for me, you know, and, and that's okay. You know, it's like, if, you, if that's how you actually want to live, it's really, it's, it's easy to do there. It's just that a lot of people don't like think they want to live that way or whatever until they get in it. And, you know, the isolation and everything is, is real, you know, especially come wintertime, man, it's, 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 it's a bit rough, but again, it's, 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 it's takes a certain type of person, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, that's, uh, that's, that's a it's pretty common yeah too especially with me i had you know leave around here just to go to school and try to you know make something of myself but i always carried the music i listened to with me you know um just you know i was always kind of like a quiet dude like introverted but you know i always like held like the music i listened to pretty close just to kind of get me through those transitions awkward transitions yeah, I was just saying that. Yeah, that's that's kind of kind of how people around here are. You know, got to leave the quiet area to try to you know make something of yourself. And you know, you being from the Athabascan and you know I'm in the Navajo area, there's like a pretty uh, close connection there, especially with the language. You know, I, and you know Navajo and Apache kind of break off of Athabascan. So totally, yeah, that, which is cool like. I always thought that was so weird when I started diving into more of the ling- linguisticness of like the origins, I guess, of like a lot of the languages, because I was trying to describe to someone how in Alaska there was, you know, like 15 or 16 different languages. And about maybe 20 years or so ago, they all decided to kind of switch to like one to try to preserve it. I mean, they, which was cool because they were teaching them in schools and stuff like you know, non-native people were learning it, you know, like white folk and stuff, which was really cool. I think that's awesome. It helps keep the language alive. But sadly, like one of, you know, our, our regional one was one that's losing. So it's like our language has like 100 people left who could like fluently speak it or something. But it's cool. You know, I've always, you know, my grandma taught me lots of our language when I was younger. It's like I can't speak it fluently or anything by any means. But I've, I've always kept certain words like etagila, et which I used to have lots of nightmares when I was younger. And, you know, that just means like how scary roughly translated. But it's like that would always associated with my grandma. Like, uh, you know, just certain words that just kind of like I just like to keep into my vocabulary. Yeah. Can you can you speak in it? Uh, a little like. Kind of like the basic stuff, like you know, hello, you know, goodbye, um, like yate, hagone, and like the real basic introductory level. But I'm not fluent. Um, I'd like to be. I need to work on that. But it's just um, I don't know. Maybe I should start a Navajo learning podcast. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's just something that you gotta like really kind of like totally use every day. Exactly. It's just something you know and that's the thing with a lot of those languages is you know most all people these days kind of speak english so it's like those take you know a back seat and with you know newer generations not picking them up or whatever they can tend to dwindle into nothing but 
the cool thing about the younger generations is lots of native youth are really passionate about keeping the spirit alive keep it you know i mean just like with the resurgence of all this native metal that's been happening lately it's just amazing you know what i mean it just gives me hope yeah. <laughs> for the future you know what i mean it, it just i don't know i'm i'm really happy with the what feels like a native uprising and not just the music, but just across the board, politics, everything like yeah. it's, it's really a beautiful thing to see. And I'm, I'm here for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I started doing this too, is just, you know, I, I listened to a lot of like podcasts, especially like with metal artists. And I didn't hear a whole lot from like the native bands, especially around here. So then kind of one by one, I just kind of started reaching out and um, yeah, the, the first, person I talked to, it was, um, Rory James. He's the drummer of mutilated tyrant. They're like the black metal band. Oh, yeah. Nav- Navajo Nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, come to, you know, everyone was really cool and, you know, we're happy to talk with me, but that, that's one thing I really want to do too. Just try to, to kind of like, um, get a historical, like, I guess, like documentation of like the bands and, you know, just like where they're at and, you know, just to, yeah, just totally. To and it. I mean, I that's well, that's another thing I was going to comment on is from one of your other podcasts, you you were talking about how you go on to like, uh, what's that neckbeard site? Encyclopedia Met- Metal. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah. So you go on there and submit all these bands. Like, I, you know, like, I th- when I first heard you say that, I was like, fuck, that is so hard to do because they make it basically impossible to do stuff. So, like, the fact that you're going out there and doing that for bands that you're like not even in or representing is so fucking cool, man. Like, I love that you're doing that. Like, uh, it, it takes a village. It takes everyone kind of promoting this stuff, spreading the love to really get out there, especially since like, you know, a lot of the res metal bands are all stuck on the res, you know, it's like the only way they're really going to get out there is by people promoting people getting the name out there. You know, it's like, I, I just I think it's really cool what you're doing. Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, my my dream is to like see one of the bands around here get on like a reputable like metal label. That'd be really cool to see. Um, that's pretty close. I can feel it, and it's just yeah, almost there. That's kind of what I'm trying to do with my label. I mean, I don't have a ton of money, but right now, I mean, it's like I've I've got a good amount to start with the bands I have. You know, when I started, it was mainly the the bands that I, I grew up with and playing with here in Seattle, but the you know part of my vision with the label was branching out and giving support to native artists you know what i mean it's like i kind of made that a staple it's like if you don't live in seattle and you're not native you know don't send me your submissions you know what i mean it's just like kind of one of those things like i i really really want to help bring light to uh native and indigenous bands you know what i mean uh it just yeah it's yeah. it's it's our time to rise uh and so and oh sorry sorry when, when did when did you um i was it um kind of like during the pandemic i understand like or how did how did yeah, the so we just, label start the label started because of the pandemic so as you were saying earlier i i, I you know run a venue i uh i'm a bartender manager i uh have my band which i've always kind of been manager for and we tour and do stuff so i was really quite busy and never really thought i could do something like this even though i had always wanted to i just i guess didn't have the money or didn't have the time you know and so like the pandemic hit and 
you know, after a while, you know, I, in the beginning, I just kind of like played World of Warcraft and smoked a lot of weed or whatever. You know what I mean? I was just like, all right, like get a little downtime, which I never have. Like, I'm going to like play video games and shit, which I've never had time to do, you know, in a long time. And so after a little bit, it was just like, well, <laughs> this is kind of like lost its fun or whatever. Like, uh, I, I kind of needed something to do and like our band death cave just had our full length come out which we were shopping around the labels and then the uh the pandemic hit and i was just like well fuck trying to get a, a label to support a band that's newer uh when there's a pandemic just seemed kind of impossible so i, I was like all right well i'm just going to put this out you know our first ep i put out under satanic royalty as well which was the at the time it was the name of my D dj night so i had like a little artwork for it already so i was just like you know i was like i'm just going to use that as like a fake label so i put our tape out that way and then i was like ah oh, i want to continue using this fake label and put out our full length and i was like okay and then you know that was all happening and just uh you know i had really good pr and then so eris which is a local band friends you know we used to share jam space together um uh, uh hit me up asking about like if they know any labels helping whatever and then Sandwriter, who's an you know incredibly well-known band and just you know they were akimbo beforehand and they've just been underground legends for a long time just touring non-stop playing you know they're, they're a little bit more like grunge or like heavy rock psych noise rock stuff metal uh but it's really fucking good. It's really catchy. It's really loud. It's really fun. Uh, they were looking for someone, which was a surprise to me just because, again, they're popular, you know. And then Old Iron also hit me up. And I was just like, fuck, man, three amazing bands have hit me up. Like, maybe I should just figure it out. So I put out like a feeler on Facebook. Uh, and, you know, again, I've been throwing shows promoting shows booking tours and stuff for years and years so and you know, i work hard and i care about my community you know like the community is so important to me like so so important to me and i think a lot of that came from growing up with my grandma who you know you gotta take care of your people you know it's like if everyone's thriving everyone's going to do better you know it's like it's not a you know it's just dog eat dog world out there you know it's like especially within people that you respect and care about and you know it's just supposed to grow as a team but uh i just think through people like seeing everything i've done over the years you know i put out feelers and i was able to get funding to start the label and so i i decided to start the label for real uh i signed all those bands all four of those bands and then i got uh is me which was a newer uh, atmospheric black metal band that i didn't even know them like they were the, they were just random kids from out of town like, uh, like stanwood which is like north uh but man they were they, they just wrote such good music and like in talking to them you know i really could tell that they were like really hard working really just passionate like good people which is also an important thing you know no jerks allowed uh, and then uh, Dark Meditation, which was also a newer band, but they were uh, a bunch of old old friends. You know, we've been playing music together forever. I know how hard of workers they are. You know, the bass player was in RAP and he toured a bunch with them and like everyone else was in, you know, just awesome bands. Like they're 
really, really talented people. And I heard their demo and it's just like, let me help you build out the rest, you know? And so I got my, my initial six, you know, there's, uh, to start, you know, and then that was kind of like everything I had going on. And that was a lot of work, you know, just to get all that going while focusing on my band, you know, booking tours. And then, you know, the pandemic, when it was picking up, you know, the bar was starting to pick up. And now the venue has been popping off for a while. Like, it's kind of like an indoor outdoor venue. So get a little bit of an open air feel. If it's 150 people, which is like kind of that ideal, you know, rising underground size where you could actually get decent shows where everyone makes decent money but it fucking feels right you know yeah uh and then yeah so another part of the, the label is every year every year-ish i'll be doing a, a cover album and i'll be uh donating all the proceeds of all the album to alcohol and drug wellness centers for different native tribes like i'm starting with my own my Mom, when I was younger, worked at the Fairbanks Native Association, and they they have an alcohol and drug wellness center that has changed lives for many, many Native families for the better. Because as you know, when some people just get too addicted to that sauce, it can really tear families apart. You know what I mean? Sauce and drugs. like, And, you know, again, I feel like the more Native people are empowered to do good and, you know, don't trip on their own feet, the more you know, just the better everything will be for us as a people in the future, you know? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You're doing so, uh, yeah. So like, so our first one is going to be a, his heroes gone and that's actually announcing with pre-orders in like a week. Mm-hmm. So basically I'll be doing that. And then when I launch those, I'm also going to just, you know, it's going to be like a pay whatever you want. So people can pay more or just get it for whatever they want to donate. And then that just, again, try to keep that as like an ongoing kind of thing to where luckily Bandcamp, you know, makes it to where you can just set up the price where people can pay what they want or tip more or whatever. So yeah. it'll make it really easy. I feel for those who actually want to support alcohol, drug wellness centers, you know, yeah. uh, especially for native people, like, and that's kind of where I want to go next, you know, somewhere in the Navajo. I spent, you know, a lot of time. I, my grandma was really close a lot. You know, we'd go to the Gathering of the Nations powwow and, like, we'd go visit different reservations and, like, you know, just to get to know the people. You know, my, my grandma was always super hands-on, you know, and she did that with more than just other Native tribes. You know, she went to, like, you know, the Philippines and, like, Taiwan and, like, all these different places and, you know, found the indigenous people and would, like, learn just what she would constantly do, you know, like wanted to see the world, wanted to know everything, but still to care about the community and just everything so much, you know. So I'm just trying to keep that spirit alive a bit, you know. Yeah, no, that's amazing that you're doing that. Oh, yeah, for, that, that's kind label. of that. Yeah, the idea for the label, again, I'm still starting small, but this is something I'm doing forever. And I'm definitely trying to grow it, you know, and I, I, you know, I want to reach out to the native bands everyone you know it's like even if i can't do much i could probably do something and if not i could help distro and you know what i mean it's like i want people to feel comfortable reaching out to me you know it's like i'm not i'm not and and even if it's a no i'll be a friendly no and i'll get back to you or whatever you know what i mean i i I want people to know that you know don't feel shy about saying hello Uh, especially when you have the the venue and you know people in that area to yeah, and I've got an amazing PR, and I've got a great distro for the label too. You know, it's like all my records and stuff are being put into the into independent record stores all over the United States, you know, Mexico and Europe and stuff. It's like just that 
that exposure for local people to find things is huge. You know what I mean? It's like, I know I love to shop at my local record stores and I, I, I love stumbling upon new finds, you know, it's, yeah. it's just yeah. how it is. It's like the only way for that to happen is by getting those physical copies into those stores, you know? So, mm-hmm. so it's like, so I, I do have a means to, to help out. I just, I, you know, again, I really want to kind of help raise the voice of indigenous artists out there. Yeah. Oh, kind of like how I find out about your your work in the with satanic royalty was the the artwork of satanic royalty that that just blew me away the I think it's the um the decolonizer artwork with the with the yeah yeah the native guy scalping the the like pioneer looking guy yeah that was yeah sick. Like, how, how do you get your artwork or who does your artwork well so that was another thing I wanted. You know, I love I love designing cool merch stuff. <laughs> it's always been a big uh, and I you know I've got a million really really talented artist friends, and so I, I've kind of just reached out when I was starting this to like several different like ma- most of them are tattoo artists, but like the one who did the decolonizer, Matt Steiker, was uh you know he's just a, an artist. So with the decolonizer uh, design, that was something I, I definitely wanted to bring to life with that one. It was, uh, again, like an indigenous man scalping uh, a dude, the likeness of General George Armstrong Custard, uh, which, you know, he killed a thousand Indians, you know, and he's uh, not a very popular person amongst most Native people you know so i was just like i wanted the likeness of them you know but it and it, it just turned out perfect you know what i mean and the artwork was amazing i love designing merch you know i wanted to do another one where uh, i wanted the main main character to be a uh, an indigenous man the likeness like conan the barbarian but as a, an indigenous person chopping a a dude in half had tim lehigh uh this very well-known tattoo artist do that one for me. I was really hyped on that. And again, most of the people I reach out to are friends, like all, all metalheads. All these artists, pretty great to start. I mean, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to design a bunch of shirts, and I did. And I wanted to get these bands, and I did. And now I want to bring on, you know, other Native bands uh, and or Indigenous bands. I want to say Indigenous because I want to include all indigenous peoples not just native americans you know what i mean like first nations fucking down south mexicans uh you know all indigenous individuals are are welcome you know what i mean borders borders are stupid Mm -hmm. and not real yeah that's cool yeah Yeah, i really look forward to seeing more like indigenous bands coming out through satanic royalty um, yeah, that's the plan. You know, I started with the, the, the first bands we had. Like I said, they're all pretty much just Seattle locals. But the, the, the idea and my plan is to pretty much only bring on indigenous artists that I, I really love, you know, and I've, I've reached out to a couple that you've already interviewed and we, we might be seeing some things in the future. You know what I mean? Everything takes a little while to get it rolling and figuring out, but I'm trying to do the work and you know, it's just a matter of uh, time, you know. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And then um, I want to touch on your own band, Death Cave. You guys just put out an EP uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. 420, we released our uh, second EP, just titled Two, which is 22 minutes, two songs. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I got a chance to listen to it. Um, I got the like digital download, but yeah, it's, it's awesome. I love that. Um, the, the track, uh, birch trees are bone. I mean, that's the main one, right. And then the second one's the, the cover. Yeah. Black Sabbath cover the writ, which they kind of tied together. So, so the, the funny story. So I was going through a breakup, you know, me and my long, long time partner during the pandemic, like a lot of people kind of had the time to realize that maybe we shouldn't be together. You know what I mean? Just like one of those amicable split ups because we were spent so much time together. We were like, maybe this isn't right, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I was had the, the labels starting the, uh, everything was going on and like, including the breakup. So I just went out to the woods with a friend uh, and, you know, when I go through big life changes, like I like to kind of enter the spirit world to really kind of help see things a little more clear or, uh, you know, kind of like cast away all my egos, everything, strip myself naked and kind of like, you know, reevaluate life or whatever. So I went out to the woods with a buddy and, you know, I ate about a half ounce of mushrooms and I took about six hits of acid and just stared at the fire, listened to a lot of Black Sabbath, you know, started going through my mind, started going crazy. And then once I entered fractal vision, I uh, was just staring across the river at these these birch trees. And <laughs> I just like kind of got fixated and kept repeating the words birch trees are bones. It's just kind of like dwelling on the fact that like uh, just how they're mem- or talking about how they're kind of like memories or, or, or forgotten time, you know, just like uh, trying to put this into words. Uh, it was a way I was trying to represent how like it represents death, even though there's lots of life around. There's lots of new growth. There's lots of other things, you know, I was trying to think of the birch trees as a reminders of everyone, everything that's lost or everything that's been gone in the past. And a lot of my songs, I really love to use kind of nature and uh, as analogies for like the real struggles of real life or the things we go through or experience, you know, especially when it comes to pain, sorrow, loss, all those things, like, feel like you could almost tie all these emotions into things that go happen naturally in nature you know the changing of seasons all these things like that you know that way you kind of like tell more personal more deeper stories but not have them actually be personal or deep because you're you know using metaphors and analogies to kind of explain your story but um yeah i was going through a lot of heartache and heartbreak and change and rebirth and you know new starts and all that as i was writing that and so that was on 420 actually i went out and did that and then we came back and you know i kind of had the idea in my head because i couldn't like go of the lion birch trees our bones and kind of had an idea and then me and tony uh our guitar player just kind of started working on it and you know i really love this progression like with that every time we kind of work on new music we kind of change our sound a little bit which i think all bands should you know what i mean it's like we're constantly growing we're constantly changing adapting you know what i mean it's like trying to create the same thing it's going to get stale it's going to get old like which which is cool because we were just working on our new album now you know i just got done with practice and it's a little bit more death metal this uh the newer songs we're working on i'm really liking it it's sounding really fun they're a little bit shorter too you know it's like you know it's 
the first album we had like a 10 and a half minute long song and the second one had an 11 or 12 minute and the song's like it's like all right maybe we can try to write shorter songs you know five or six minute long songs like try to get good at it maybe leave one long one in there again but uh it's fun you know it's it's really cool to see this new direction we're kind of headed in uh yeah and cool. uh yeah i'm really excited for the band i really i really love this band you know our three piece we we work on everything together we write together we even work on the lyrics together even though you know i'm probably the main songwriter lyrically i love having them with me you know we bounce ideas off each other you know and then like one thing for me that uh, can be kind of challenging is when i'm when i'm trying to come up with stuff when i come up with a pattern it's almost it's really hard to kind of get that pattern out of my head so i love working with other people who kind of like take the same words and like think of a different pattern it's like oh cool like i, I love having that idea or like just yeah just when you're stuck and can't figure out a word or how to like kind of place this thing you know i just love having the think take aspect of like just working with someone else and you know it's it's kind of like that with tony and his guitar playing too you know i mean he's phenomenal guitar player so like when we're writing a lot of the ideas kind of come from his thought process but we all work together at kind of forming the songs and you know, I, I again, I really love how that last EP came out. I'm really hyped on uh, the new songs we're writing. You know, we got some fun things coming up too. Uh, playing a couple shows in July, then we'll be heading back out on tour in uh, September. Nice. Uh, we were in New Mexico in December, but we won't make it quite that far on this tour. We're going to make it as far as Arizona, then we're going to cut oh, up and nice. kind of head towards Nevada after that. Uh, which is a bummer because it'd be nice to meet you, get you on yeah. the list, and bring oh, you. Oh yeah, oh, hell uh, yeah! I love the Four Corners area like yeah. a lot. Like I, I spent a lot of t uh, when we were younger. My mom went to school for a little bit in Durango, which is like right near everything. So when we were were there, I got to experience like not so much Utah, but like a lot of Colorado, and then tons of Arizona and New Mexico, uh, which is just. I love those two states, even though they're really hot and really cold, <laughs> depending on when you're there. Uh, like on that tour in December, our coldest day was Albuquerque. It was freezing when we were there. <laughs> Holy smoke. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. So there's something quite magic about that Four Corners area. Uh it's, it's it's got like every kind of like it's weird you know you'll drive from to the desert you'll see all you know cactuses into the mountains you'll see like you know right next to big beautiful lakes and waterfalls it's like you got a little bit of almost everything in that area yeah. besides ocean yeah that, that's where i'm at four corners um i mean i'm right right in between like albuquerque and phoenix so any anytime you're hitting like if you're in the phoenix area yeah I'd for sure make that Make that drive out there. Oh, sweet. Yeah. We're, we're uh, going to be playing with our friends Yatra. With their, they're from uh, Baltimore area on Prosthetic Records. They're oh, nice. really cool band as well. Uh, pretty hyped to hit the road with those guys. Uh, oh, hell yeah. But yeah, and I'm just excited to tour a lot. Man, that, that tour in December was everything. Like, you know, uh, you know, everyone in our band, I think, we all have ADHD and depression and anxiety and like uh, 
So, you know, the, the Holy Trinity, I like to call it. Uh, but uh, so the depression can be, or the, you know, pandemic was pretty hard on a lot of us. You know, the, there's a lot of time we didn't spend any time writing music at all. We were just trying to get by, just doing, you know what I mean? It's like, even though we're able to work on a lot of cool things, it's like, you know, you take away everything that was bringing us joy in this world and it, it could just naturally get pretty dark you know what i mean so i was like when we're out on that tour and it's right before omicron hit like every show was amazing amazing like uh, the every like great fan base every band was bringing it like it was it was just really special and then our friends uh ugly they played three shows in new mexico arizona and colorado with us and, they were just so so good uh they're from prescott or prescott oh nice, arizona yeah, yeah prescott uh, if you're if you're um if you're local but yeah prescott i always called it prescott when i was small like prescott's for like the non-locals yeah i know well, i called it prescott this is like that's a funny name like you just can't help but think of like you know like peppy white dudes or some shit you know what i mean mm-hmm. but then you're like oh prescott i guess that that makes it all right you know what i mean yeah uh, but yeah, my, which our friends, they're originally from here, you know, they're from Endorphins Loss, which has the guitar player from my old band, Brain Scraper. Uh, and, you know, it's just, a, we had a lot of friends there and then they got some land out there. So they just kind of moved out there and started the band Ugly and did some things out there. So it was really great to see those guys again. And just, yeah, again, that tour was so amazing. I needed. Yeah. We all needed it so bad, and uh, yeah, and it's been back and kind of like getting back to the swing of things around here. You know, the shows. You know, it's been it's been crazy being a show booker <laughs> with waves of, you know, waves of COVID things like that. Planning out shows, people being afraid, bands getting sick and having to drop last night. You know, it's just been like. Yeah. It's been a bit much, but it doesn't matter because all the shows that have been awesome have been going so well. Like you can just feel the energy in the air. Like everyone is so stoked, you know, like, so like when I brought Ixachalon and like Maleficent, which are like indigenous black metal bands out of Los Angeles. Uh, I met those guys at the gathering of the Eagle and the Condor, which was the festival oh, yeah. that the night of the pale moon through in LA. And then, so I was able to bring those guys up and, uh, that show was absolutely amazing. Like, oh man, this is so great. You know, we have got Kukuelamuku, which is, you know, a Pacific Island metal band based out of Seattle, you know, and uh, we've got a lot of indigenous metalheads in this area. So uh, just feeling that community and love when we, when, with, again, this uprising of indigenous metal, it's just, it's absolutely amazing. You know, it, it makes me so stoked on the future because there's still so much yeah there's tons around here yeah. now it's brand new everything this like the the beauty of the pandemic is it kind of changed how everyone is thinking what's important what they actually want to spend time on and music is a big part of that for a lot of people so i, I i'm I, you know again I'm, I'm really excited for the future like things are rough and there's lots of anxiety because of the show cancellations but it doesn't matter because there's so much good that will come of this and there's so much 
you know, it's like all these communities are having to be rebuilt and rebooked back together. You know, it's like a lot of the venues didn't survive, but now they're a lot of them have different names and our new owners, you know, you know, so it's just like, it's time to come back, but we got to do it better. You know, we got to get rid of a lot of that doggy dog, you know, like competing against other bands and just work as a community, you know, like work, as, you know, especially within your local scene, you know, support each other, you know, if someone actually makes it, be proud of them, be stoked for them, you know, don't, yeah. don't get that or jealous, you know, it's just like, this is a small underground scene, you know, it's like, it, it's growing and it's getting more better and better but it's like we all got to be there for each other and we got to help lift each other up you know and, and i think that a lot of people can kind of see and feel that after these last couple of years because you never know how good something is until you have it taken away from you yeah for sure yeah that's a good, good message i hope um yeah i just hope that all the bands you know despite you know the type of music they play can just you know work together and yeah like you said support each other and um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate you talking with me and, um, I don't want to, you know, keep it too long, but yeah, we really did cover a lot and really appreciate you talking with me. And, um, one thing I'd like to ask is, um, you know, is there any like bands that in your area, you probably, I think you mentioned a couple of them on your label, but any bands that you want to like tell people to check out? Absolutely. There's a lot of really cool bands happening. I mean, one of them is one of my favorite. Uh, local bands that uh, it's not on the label right now is Rat King, who actually came from Arizona area and moved up here. Band going kind of with the brothers who kind of, uh, and then the drummer they found here is, is also from Mexico, which is awesome because you know you gotta love your brown metal heads yeah. within your local scene a little bit more. And so, I, like, I love Rat King, check them out if you haven't seen them. Uh, Deconsecration is amazing death metal. We got Reburied is another amazing death metal band. Uh, you know, if, a lot of people probably know them, but Three Rot, amazing band. Uh, we got Fetid, you know, Cystic, uh, uh, Noroth. Um, man, I feel like I'm going to leave a lot of people hanging. There's. Uh, <laughs> There's just so many really cool bands. Filth is Eternal. Uh, yeah. I feel like I'm trying to blank on a couple. I was like, I should know every single band. I booked them all the time uh, at my, my venue, you know. Uh, no, it's all good. But, but yeah, uh, Vauna or Vauna, however you want to pronounce from Olympia. Those guys are fantastic. It's we have all female like black metal band. Uh, they're absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like I was saying, Kukulamuku. If you guys don't know them, check them out. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, the Seattle scene is phenomenal. Like, uh, and not just you know metal. We've got cool everything, but especially the metal yeah, awesome. uh, like the black metal and the more progressive stuff you know that like we used to have Sindios, uh indigenous band progressive black metal band from late 90s early 2000s i was just hanging out with those guys uh, they were they were my favorite i tried to i was trying to re-release their album on my record but we couldn't quite get the audio and then eddie's moving back to mexico right now 
he's got a pretty cool black metal band i think he's working on down there with the drummer of incantation uh he was in that band blood soak too as a kid they they've been getting like popular again right now there while well, everyone's pretty hyped on the throwback metal that everyone's trying to discover right now from like the 90s the death metal and stuff uh but yeah uh yeah the seattle metal scene man it, it's it's so amazing it's what keeps me in this area that costs too much yeah. for me to live in uh <laughs> Awesome, but yeah, those, uh, yeah those again, cool I, I, I plan, I plan on keeping keeping this scene thriving and doing it as best as I can for a while. And again, I want, I you know, I want to let everyone know, you know, to feel free to reach out if you think you got something that that's amazing, you know, if you if you found if you got something really cool, and you know it, reach out to me because find us at satanicroyaltyrecords dot com awesome. or satanicroyaltyrecords dot bandcamp com. Hell yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Michael, man. Really appreciate it. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, man. Yeah, and no I really appreciate you having me here. No problem. Thank you. That was my talk with Michael Freiberger of Death Cave and Satanic Royalty Records. Uh, really thankful that Michael was able to take the time to talk with me and I uh, hope everyone gets a chance to check out the new Death Cave EP entitled Two. You can stream that on the digital platforms or you can pick up the physical copy on Satanic Royalty uh, website or Bandcamp. And um, it's a really cool track. You know, it's a 12-minute track. It's super heavy and epic. Uh, I'd love to play the whole, like, song, but <laughs> it's just such a long song, so I'll probably just play a little clip of it. But... Um, yeah, I hope everyone gets a chance to just, you know, follow uh, all the stuff that Michael's got going on. You know, he's a big supporter of uh, indigenous metal. You know, he's an indigenous artist himself, so it's cool he's really paying it forward like that. All right, I'm going to go ahead and play a quick clip off the song, uh, These Birch Trees Are Bones, which is off the Death Cave 2 EP. And after that, it'll be the end of the podcast. So thank you. Yeah.